And back here on a Monday night with Dave Vaughn from the firm, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale just after uh, 7 o'clock here, 7.05 on your Monday. Ready to take your phone calls. You have questions about employment law, your severance, your severance offer, all kinds of stuff always in the news about this topic. So bring it off. You have questions about that as well. Dave here to answer your questions right till 8 o'clock uh, tonight. As always, we start the week uh, with the week that was. My brother, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Good, sir. What's going on? Well, I wanted to start by talking about uh, some stuff that's been in the news uh, just yep. uh, today, actually. And uh, it seems like every week there's all kinds of uh, employment law issues in the uh, news, and it seems to be uh, increasing. Uh, you know, you start with the Sears stuff, um, and uh, the uh, the you know Weinstein stuff last week, and then mm-hmm. today was uh, Loblaws just announced that they're. Uh, letting go about uh, 500 employees across the country. Right. I'm not sure if you saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. you know, we, I think that was just announced today. Um, I haven't uh, spoken with any of the employees yet, so I have no idea what the severance packages are. Um, but, um, you know, based on, um, you know, the, the statistics in terms of who, you know, the severance packages that we review, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say some of them might not be, uh, you know, yeah, the, no the employees kidding. full entitlements. Yeah. And, um, so I just want to emphasize, it's very important to anyone, uh, any of the law laws employees, to get those uh, termination packages reviewed by a lawyer. Um, you know, there's a good chance, uh, you know, they're, they'll, they'll pay the ESA, um, the Employment Standards Act minimums, but uh, there's a good chance you won't get your full common law entitlements. And that happens, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when a lot of companies let people go. Uh, they're always going to uh, try to, you know, get, uh, get out from it and uh, pay a bit less than they have to. Uh, so, you know. The important thing here is to remember that there's no formula uh, in terms of uh, you know length of service. Uh, we look at uh, three main factors: age, years of service, and position. So if anyone tells you that oh it's only you know supposed to be two weeks per year of service or something like that, that's not true. Uh, you have to look at uh, the all the circumstances uh, impacting your ability to find a new job. Um, so that's the one uh, one point I wanted to make. A second one is uh, this obviously arose because of some. Uh, Apparently, some financial issues, right? They're trying to cut costs, or uh, or the upcoming uh, uh, part-time wage thing. I think was their big excuse. You know, they were the, one of the first ones to make a beef about it originally. At one point, yeah, I remember they, oh. they did speak about that, and uh, I, apparently uh, today they said that's not the reason. But mm-hmm. um, you know, we can only speculate. Yep. But uh, important to uh, take into consideration that financial circumstances are not. Uh, a consideration that courts um, will, will view when determining a severance package, and uh, you know I see this uh, a lot of the time with smaller companies or companies that are uh, struggling financially. They'll say they'll try to say, well, the reason we he was let go is because we're struggling financially, so we can't pay as much, right. and uh, that is simply not true. The court of appeal has uh, made that determination. So uh, you know if you're employed by a smaller company, a company that seems to be struggling. Um, that's not an excuse to give you a lesser severance package. Your severance entitlements are, are exactly the same, whether you work for a, a company that's struggling financially or whether your com- you know your company is doing very well financially. It's completely four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale to Colin. Now the other news, I guess, this week is uh, Sears is finally just done. They're they're bankrupt. They're moving out of Canada. They're selling stuff off as of tomorrow, and that's it. So I guess those people are. Pretty much SOL at this point, aren't they? If yeah, they're completely uh, out of luck. They're not going to yeah. be paid any severance pay, hmm. and uh, you know they can get EI, but uh, you know it's just a fraction of what they should have otherwise got. And um, so that's the, I, I guess, uh, to you know, financial circumstances circumstances are relevant when the company goes bankrupt. Yeah, uh, and those are really the only circumstances that they are. Uh, in terms of the Loblaws uh, issue too, uh, I wanted to mention that. Um, you know, there's going to be the, the issue that a lot of these employees are going to face is there's going to be a lot of people with similar skill sets, 
presumably, right. who were let go at the exact same time. So that could actually increase the severance package because you have all these new these people who have similar skill sets, potentially similar jobs, uh, you know, similar more competition, ex- yeah, similar right. experience. Yeah. So they're, they're going to be put out there in the uh, workforce, all competing against each other, and uh, it's going to be tough to uh, get a new job. So that could actually increase the severance package. Those circumstances, you know, just based on you know statistics, I know you guys do every week. I bet you out of those five hundred people, about four hundred eighty of them will just accept the package and not seek the advice of you guys or a lawyer, which is uh, not what they should be doing. Right? No, it isn't. But uh, companies know. rely on that, and I think uh, you know that's why they are able to uh, get away with giving a bit lower severance packages than uh, than the common law would dictate because a lot of these people will just sign off on it and uh, you know their hr tells them that's a fair package so it must be a fair pa- severance package just on the side if you are listening and you happen to be in that situation the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. get a hold of leor and the firm or dave his partner here and email anytime leor l-i-o-r at employmenthour.com we'll get into some uh, emails here in the show you want to email the termination severance that is the topic here for tonight and the worst times for an employer to terminate an employee so we'll get all that tonight as well first we'll take a uh, quick break here the number 416-870-6400 star 640 on your cell just getting warmed up it is the monday night edition of the employment hour talk radio am 640 and phone lines are wide open, ready for you. Yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Bring it on. you got questions for Dave here tonight, right till 8 o'clock, ready to answer your severance and your employment questions. Uh, indeed, severance pay calculator, love this tool, and I know you guys uh, do it in your head now because you're talented and you've been doing it so many years, but for the rest of us who want to log on and use it, how does it work? Yeah, it's a uh, great uh, feature that uh, you can just uh, log on. You uh, type in your age, years of service, and position, and it gives you a uh, an estimate of your severance uh, entitlements. Uh, and uh, so the important thing there is it's not just uh, length of service because that's a popular misconception, as we've discussed on the show many times, that there's a uh, you know formula that you can just say is oh two weeks per year, or four weeks per year, and that's not true. Right. They also uh, we you have to look at uh, age and position as well. So you could have uh, you know short service, you know two two years of service, but if you have a senior position in your fifties or sixties. Um, you can get you know six, upwards of six months worth of severance pay, and uh, you know uh, the the old uh, view of uh, two weeks per year of service is going to be a lot less than that, right? And people are going to look at that. They're going to go through it now, and they're going to have a look, and they go, "Well, wait a minute. I have a severance offer in front of me. It says I get eight weeks. Your calculator has told me I get eight months. I think your calculator's got a bug in it, but not, that's not the case." No, and I, I get that a lot, and uh, you know, a lot of the time it happens. People will get their severance offer, or they'll uh, be told they're let go, and they'll uh, they'll Google it, and they'll find the Ministry of Labor's uh, website, and that uh, that will just say what the Employment Standards Act right. minimums are, and uh, so they'll say, well, it's only supposed to be you know two weeks uh, of serv- or, uh, of uh, severance pay, and uh, and then you know your your calculator is telling me it's six months. And uh, like I said, the the ESA, the Employment Standards Act, and what the Ministry of Labor can get you uh, is limited to the Employment Standards Act, and that's going to be a lot less than your common law termination entitlements. And uh, so that's important to know because yeah. a lot of people, uh, they, they Google it and uh, they find out what the minimum standards are, and then they say, oh, they're offering me a bit more than that, so it must be a good deal. Aren't they generous? Yeah, aren't yeah. they generous? And yeah. uh, so that's uh, that's not, uh, not always accurate, and it's important to... Uh, Get legal advice and have your severance package reviewed because um, from my experience, uh, most of the severance packages are going to be lower than what uh, the full entitlements are. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Under the wide topic of termination and severance, uh, why can't the Labor Board or Ministry of Labor, whatever you want to call them, why can't they help an employee who's lost his job? Yeah, that's a great question that comes up a lot. Uh, I'll talk to uh, 
you know, people who've been let go and they say, oh, I'm, uh, I've, I've contacted the labor board. I'm going to talk to the Ministry of Labor. And they can only uh, assist you recover your minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act. Right. So for termination pay and severance pay, that's what they can help you get. They can't help you uh, recover your common law termination entitlements. And by way of an example, just to illustrate how significant the difference can be, mm-hmm. um, if, you, uh, if you're at a smaller company um, and you have 25 years of service, your termination pay entitlements are only going to be eight weeks, whereas under the common law, it could be as much as two years. Yeah. So there's twenty-four a, months. Twenty-four massive months. Massive gap. Huge gap, and the Ministry of Labor can only help you get those eight weeks. So it's we important to know. We'll uh, we'll get to a phone call here. We got uh, some time before break. Jim in Pickering. Hi, how are you, pal? What's going on? Hi, my my wife works for a certain board of education for the last twenty-two years as a contract worker, and now they decide that they don't need her anymore. Now, I know I've heard you guys in the past say if you're part of a union, there's nothing you can do to help out. But what yeah. I don't understand, she's part of a OPSU, and she's been offered the, even below the minimum you're talking about, and they're not doing anything to help her. So <laughs> what am I supposed to do? So the she's in the union, and they're not uh, not helping her? No. So what's she been offered? Uh, one week per year. And what's that? Uh, For 22 years. So are they offering 22 weeks? Yes. Okay. And so that's because – so they are – it actually should be more than that, um, given the uh, the severance pay entitlements. Uh, so it should be eight weeks um, of termination pay plus 22 weeks of severance pay. Um, so she should talk to the union about that. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately, if you are in a union, you can't go through a, uh, a private uh, employment lawyer. You have to go through the union. But when you get to a point where the union says, well, they've given, they've offered you what's minimum, you should be happy. Like, then what are you supposed to do? I, I've heard I have to go to a... To a labor lawyer now. Well, the only thing you can do um, with a union is a duty of fair representation, um, and basically say that the union didn't represent me fairly uh, right. and hasn't uh, represented my interests. That is very difficult to prove, and uh, in most cases, if they're uh, abiding by the the collective agreement or um, you know the minimum employment standards act entitlements, uh, you're not going to be able to prove that it was a uh, an unfair uh, you know, duty of fair representation issue. It's a tough spot, Jim. It really is. Yeah. We, you know, we reiterate all the time in the show that and, you know you can go outside the uh, CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, to seek legal help. Like David Lee, or you can't do it. That's the problem with them, right? So now being part of a union is detrimental. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're usually front-end loaded. you got great benefits and all that stuff. My wife's part of one. She's got fantastic benefits. But on the back end, if she's ever let go, ooh, not pretty. No, it hasn't even worked out that way. Okay, yeah. thanks, guys. Yeah, have a good one, Jim. Jim, appreciate that. You know, there, there you are right there, 22 years. She would probably be looking at anywhere between 18 and 24 months severance if she was, you know, part of the, the public sector, right? You're getting pretty good at this, eh? I know. I know. It's, it's the, been four years, brother. Yeah, it's been it's a the, while. It's the exact uh, range I would have given. And uh, it is unfortunate because, uh, I mean, the other issue there, as you know, as you probably noticed, is the contract issue. I don't know if they're trying to make an argument that oh, she was on a contract that uh, was renewed every six months or year, so yeah. you know, technically she's not entitled to her full severance entitlements because she wasn't a uh, a permanent employee. And we know that you know after 22 years, you're a permanent employee. It doesn't matter right. what the contract says. We'll take a, a short break. Questions like that, bring them on. You got them. We want to answer them here tonight. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on sale. Lots more of the Employment Hour is on the way. If you have plenty of time to talk to us, we'd love to talk to you. David's here uh, for Lior, of course, on Mondays. And Lior back Wednesday night, Monday and Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock here. 
The employment hour, yeah, that number, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Any other time, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. That is through email. Tom, thanks for hanging through, pal. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Good, sir. What's going on with you? Uh, well, just a question, because I hear different sides. Mm-hmm. So I'm still employed with uh, who I'm working with. But it, now, does the reason of the termination dictate if you're entitled to severance? That's a great uh, question, uh, Tom. So... At the time of termination, the employer has basically a choice. They can either allege cause for termination, so they can say, you're being terminated because of serious misconduct, in which case, if that's true and they do have cause, they don't have to pay severance pay. Okay. Or they can do without cause. If it's without cause, even if it's because you know, of financial issues or because they don't have a position for the person anymore, you still have to provide severance pay. Okay, so shortage of work seems to be the common one that pops up in our industry. Absolutely. So you do absolutely, you still get, you know, an employee gets their full severance entitlements because of shortage of work. The only way you can not give an employee uh, termination pay and severance pay is if it's, you know, serious misconduct. Okay, which makes sense. Yeah. What's the, okay. uh, are you facing termination? Or are you asking oh, about no, a particular no, situation? Not at all. Just, I, I, there's always these rumblings at work. We, I've heard in the past people have been let go and yeah. they haven't been given a, a severance package and they've kind of, uh, it's been almost deemed like, oh no, they don't, they don't owe you one because it's shortage of work or this or that. And I never no. believed that that's true. Yeah, definitely, definitely not. And, uh, yeah, the the only way you can withhold that is is uh, establishing cause for termination, and it's it's not just oh you've done something wrong or your performance isn't good enough. It has to be very serious misconduct, um, and usually in most cases you have to give previous warnings, uh, previous discipline. Uh, so you can't just one day show up and say oh you know you've you've done something you know something wrong. Uh, your sales targets aren't up to uh, par, so we're letting you go for cause and not giving you anything. It's very rare circumstances that they uh, you, you don't pay severance pay. Okay. All right. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate that. Moving forward, you need to get a hold of Leora Dave, one 821 5900 It's worth another mention. Rising to cause is very difficult unless you've stolen something or struck someone or gone in a fight or spit on your boss. I mean, you know, those yeah. are severe. But if, you know, it's performance issues, so on and so forth, they can't just pull the plug. Well, they can, but they got to pay a severance. They do. Without cause. Right? Yeah, the idea behind cause is that the misconduct's so bad that it completely ruins or destroys the trust necessary to you know, continue and maintain the employment relationship. So in other words, the the employer had no choice but to let the person go. Uh, And another point I wanted to make, just uh, stemming from Tom's uh, question that uh, comes up a lot, is they actually don't need a – if it's a without cause termination, they don't need a reason. Yeah. Right, it's true. and that's yep. a a big misconception out there. Is uh, you know, I'll talk to people and they'll they'll be let go and they've been offered a severance package and they'll say, you know, but they didn't they didn't even get tell me why. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Didn't tell me why. Or you know, the they they replaced me with someone else. And unfortunately, uh, as you know, sad as that can be sometimes, on and uh, you know, puts people in a tough position. The employer is allowed to do that. Uh, yeah. They don't need a reason at all. Uh, to terminate your employment, they just as have long to as they provide. pay full severance. Yeah. Exactly. Now, yeah. one of the, the a caveat to that, an exception to that, is the reason can't be related to you know something uh, a protected ground under the human rights legislation, right? So it can't be because Race, of your ethnicity. age, ethnicity, yeah. right? Right. Um, you know, a, a lot of the time you'll see it come up in uh, around maternity leaves. So yeah. the person, oh, look, she's pregnant. Time to let her go. Yeah. Right. Or or uh, yeah. she come, you know, the uh, someone comes back from maternity leave. And they're told, and you know, they, 
inevitably they have a replacement, right? And they, they like the replacer, the person that replaced them. Um, they don't want to get get rid of that person. They say, oh, you know what? We don't really have a job for you anymore. Or that happens after medical leaves too, yep. right? And uh, those re- that, that in those cases, the reason does matter because it's a human rights violation. You have to, those jobs are protected and you have to, you know, return the person to their job or, or find a similar job, uh, a comparable job. And even those, uh, you know, those firings or those those packages, which they are, you know, they offered anyway because it's a constructive dismissal. How often do you come across that those are inadequate anyway? Those severance offers out of ten times, how many would be inadequate? Nine and a half. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> totally. Uh, you know, it's yeah. it's very rare that I, uh, you know, I speak to people every day, uh, multiple people every day, and uh, it's very rare. Uh, I can't even think of uh, you know the last time I've, I've seen one where I say oh that's a that's right on point that severance pay you're not you know you don't have any more entitlements. Yeah. Um, there's and you know some cases uh, you see it and the notice period's okay in terms of they the person's entitled to you know four to six months and they've been offered four months or five months. Right. But they'll do something such as oh it's only base salary and there's no bonus or there's right. no overtime included or no car allowance or some, no some car component allowance. missing right right yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, it's very very rare to see you know a perfect severance package um, which is you know the notice period's right so you know if it's 6 months it's right on 6 months and all the components of the compensation package are there so you get the base salary the bonuses the commissions the RSP entitlements car allowance benefits whether what what you you know all of those entitlements need to be in there if you get them. Right. We'll get to uh, Carlson here quickly before we uh, take a break. Hey, Carlson, how are you? Not bad. Oh, hey, John, it's Carlos. How are you? Hey, Carlos, what's up, buddy? What's going on? Yeah, uh, just a really really quick question. Huh? Uh, let's just say you're working for a company uh, X Y Z, uh, union or non-union, and uh, you know you're disciplined for something, and they uh, the company reinstates you back with conditions, and there's a form that you initial off on, initial off on, and then sign. Does the employer have the legal right to start snooping around uh, with that employee, regardless, like whether or not there's actually like any reason for them to be, and whether or not if that's considered to be harassment? And I'll take my answer off the air. Thanks, guys. Thank you, sir. So what do you think, Dave? Yeah, it's a tough one to answer. I was hoping to get a follow-up, a couple follow-up questions. It really depends uh, on what the snooping or harassment is in terms of whether it reaches the level of harassment. Uh, If they've uh, allowed the person to... you know, come back, and I'm speaking in the non-unionized context, let's say they've disciplined the person, maybe they suspended them for a week or two, and they say, you know, moving forward, uh, these are the uh, conditions that you're going to be working under. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they're allowed to take steps to enforce those conditions and ensure this employee uh, is abiding by them. So, for instance, if it's, you know, you can't take longer, you know, you can only take the minute your break for 10 minutes, and you can't go over for you know, you can't do 20 minutes at a time. Right. So absolutely, they're, they're allowed to look into that and make sure that person is uh, abiding by that. Um, you know, the, whether it becomes harassment is difficult to say in the abstract. Um, right. But I think we always just view it as a reasonableness standard. Would a, would a reasonable person view that as, um, you know, stepping over the, the line for the employer? 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number. Email anytime, Lior at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't checked it out, find out what your severance offer should be, severancepaycalculator.com. Hey, you got lots of time here at uh, 735, 416 6400 star 640 on cell. Talk to Dave up till 8 o'clock. Get your severance questions, your pay questions, your 
workplace questions answered by Dave here as we uh, get through our topic and some emails tonight. Termination severance, the uh, the broad spectrum of. So uh, how can an employer now, I'm talking about employers, how can they minimize the costs of severance that they have to pay an employee? Yeah, so the best way to do that is to, uh, if you're an employer, you have to have an enforceable termination provision in the employment contract. So what you do is you have a clause in the contract that uh, clearly stipulates what the uh, employee is entitled to upon termination. So you can say what you know. You can say a month per year of service, or you can limit the employee to the minimum standards under the Employment Standards Act. Okay. Uh, importantly, it can't be less than the Employment Standards Act minimums. Uh, and if it is, uh, it'll be completely thrown out. So you can't rely on it. Uh, so you want to make sure that's uh, that clause is drafted very carefully and is very clear. Uh, and uh, the other thing uh, that's uh, important about that is making sure it's in a contract that uh, is signed with valid consideration. And that this comes up a lot in the sense that uh, employers will try to give a, an employee a uh, contract with a termination provision in it, you know, midway through the employment relationship. And uh, so, you know, the employee's been employed for 10 years and all of a sudden they get legal advice saying, that, oh, you should have the uh, a termination clause limiting them. And then they j- just uh, put a, a job offer, an employment agreement right in front of the employee. Don't give them anything for it and have them sign it. That will not be enforced by the court. You need to um, ideally do it at the beginning of the employment relationship. Right. So before they start uh, and before they start performing their job. And uh, if you want to do it to an employee who's, uh, you know, a current employee, you need to give them uh, either a promotion, salary increase, or even a signing bonus. So you have to give them something of value. And then at that point, it's enforceable. Until then, it's not because you didn't give them anything for it. Yeah, that's correct. So right. that's the best way to do it. Uh, another way to minimize your, uh, the amount of severance pay you're actually uh, you know, handing out to an employee upon termination is working notice of termination. So... Uh, Severance pay can be based on a few different, uh, you know, methods. Um, right. The one is just a, a lump sum payment, which is the common one. That's what people usually think of. Um, uh, the other one is working notice. So you can say to the employee, you know, in one year your employment will terminate, and uh, you will get, as an employer, you'll get credit for that as part of the, the overall severance package you're giving them. Right. And you can actually give them a combination of two. So you can say in six months your employment will terminate, and at that time we will give you an additional six months. Right, and that would meet the uh, you know a twelve month severance package. Uh, that's what you've given them, not just the six months. Uh, so that that lowers the cost, and that's good for uh, for smaller companies, uh, companies that don't have uh, you know a lot of money just sitting around to, to be handing out to employees to to not work. So you can get some value from the employee. Uh, it can be awkward, and obviously yeah, employee- you got someone hanging around the hallways knows when they're getting the boot in six months. They they might move on you know ahead of that time yeah and really that's the objective is you you know you've given them time to find a new job um a lot of employers don't like doing it because it it is awkward and you know maybe they don't think they're going to get the best out of the employee but you have every right to do it and if you think it's possible if you think it can you know they can still uh, contribute to the business uh then there's uh there's no no reason not to it has to be drafted properly. 416-870-6400, star 640 on selfie or phone call. So what happens with the uh, employment insurance if you receive a severance package or you're, when you're receiving your severance? Yeah, so the general rule is you cannot receive severance pay um, for the same amount of time you're receiving uh, EI. And um, so basically what will happen is, let's say you're given 12, we'll use 12 months worth of uh, severance pay. Okay. You're not going to get EI until the end of that time. So until the, yeah, until that's over. Um, let's say you're not given severance, uh, you know, severance pay. You're not given much of a severance package. You should still apply for EI right away and start getting those, uh, you know, that entitlement. 
And uh, let's say later on we uh, come to a, an agreement to get you uh, a year's worth of severance pay. You'll have to uh, write, you basically pay back EI some of that money, but it will come from the severance package. It's always safer to get the uh, get the EI uh, started, though, uh, just so you have that money uh, as you move forward. Does it make a difference how long you're on EI, depending on how long your severance package is, whether you get two months severance or a year? Does it affect your EI? It doesn't. No, your EI will be the same. Right. It's yeah. just based on yeah. your uh, your insurable hours. Is it likely to be able to, you know, most people would get a severance offer, and if they're working for a very large company, maybe a multinational even, is it is it likely to be successfully to negotiate that severance for a large employer? Because most people wouldn't take on a large employer, kind of the David and Goliath sort of thing, right? Or does it even yeah. matter? Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a very common concern I right. hear. So I'll speak to someone about the severance package they were offered. And you know you'll explain to them the uh, I'll explain to them the law and what they're entitled to, and and they seem to understand that. But then at the end they say, yeah, but uh, you know it's a it's a huge company and it's a big uh, bank or something. Yeah, a big bank, and uh, they can you know they can fight this. Um, and um, like I've said, it doesn't matter you know whether big company, small company, your legal entitlements are the same. And uh, in fact, I'd prefer dealing with the bigger companies because they're going to have the uh, they're going to understand. The appropriate they'll have HR, severance. Right? They'll have HR. They'll have mm-hmm. legal advice, and they'll know uh, what the severance, pa- an appropriate severance package right. is. So uh, there's a much better chance of uh, myself and their lawyer agreeing on what the severance package is gotcha. than if you're dealing with uh, sometimes a, a smaller company that may not have uh, legal advice. We'll take a, a short break in that one. We'll get to your phone calls as soon as we come back. Hang in there. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty. On cell is the number. 45, still some time for you to call in and talk to Dave, get your questions answered here in the employment hour. If not, we return Wednesday night right here at 7 o'clock with Lior as well. 416 870 6400 star 640. On your cell, Marco, good evening. Hi, how are you? Good, pal. What's uh, what's happening with you tonight? Uh, no, actually, I was uh, I just turned my car and I, I was listening to you guys and it was amazing topic that I just finished working. One of my supervisors came to me and asked me, uh, hey, all the employees are, you know, all the staff is requ- you know, asking about a minimum three hours, uh, minimum, you know, when you're scheduling. And I was like, uh, I don't think we have to pay. Well, first of all, I don't want to break any rules. I don't want to break any, any rules by the law or things like that. But I haven't heard from another, like, you know, managers that I've been working before, that we can use the rule of option to leave early. If I ask the one staff and say, hey, if nothing happening today, you know, I'll give you the option to leave early, but I'm not going to pay you the three hours that I, you you know, basically by rule or by law. Uh, basically, you're just working one hour and a half. I'm going to pay you that. I'm breaking the law or not. I just want to make sure. I'm, I don't want to, you know, breaking law at right. all. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So what the situation is, you have a lot of employees and you call them in and if you don't have work for them, you send them home? Yeah, that's correct. Basically, I'm talking about like a restaurant business, right? So if you schedule, for example, five people for lunch, but it's nothing happening and then uh, you ended up and say, it's, it's, uh, now it's one thirty, nothing happened, lunch is over, uh, I'm going to start sending people home. So I'm trying like clocking people out, uh, uh, like they came around, say like uh, 12 and now it's like one thirty or perhaps 2. There's not even three hours, you know, uh, yet. You have to pay in that minimum. Right. So the rule is they have to pay at least three hours at minimum wage. Um, you just have to meet that uh, criteria. Okay. But I, I, that's my question. I know that. I know that before. And I've been working in restaurants for 14 years. But if yeah. something happened, one of my friends said that you can use the option to leave early. Basically, if you got agreement with the staff saying, hey, I want to give you the option 
and let you leave early today. Or if you want to stay, you know, I can make you, for example, well, I don't want to say this in radio, but I'm making do something different job, for example, sure. like, like, you know, like dusting or cleaning or something. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I still think you have to, you have to pay the minimum three hours minimum wage. They can't use that three hours minimum in lieu of time off, for instance. Yeah. You can't just say, here's three hours off instead of three hours pay. You can't right. do that. Yeah, you still have to pay that minimum. Okay, so yeah. even if I send him or, or I have to keep him for minimum yeah. three hours. Yeah, that's the whole point is you can't just send people send people home if, if there's not enough work after an hour. I know you're, you say you're giving them the choice, but you still have to pay them the, uh, the, the three hours minimum pay. Okay, I just want to make sure that I don't, I, like I said, I don't want to break any rules. I was just mm-hmm. yeah. that. No, it's a good call. It's smart. Thank, Thank you, you Mark. I appreciate that. See, that's a smart employer, right? Yeah, there. it is. He's making sure right. he's, uh, uh, you know, following the act. And uh, the ESA is, uh, it is a very, uh, it's it's a complicated act. And uh, yeah. you know, they have a lot of rules with exceptions. Um, and then you'll have more uh, exceptions to the exceptions. And uh, yeah. it's definitely, uh, you know, things like vacation pay and overtime and hours of work uh, can be very, uh, it's a convoluted act to get through. So, um, you, you know, you, you, I'm shocked at the amount of, uh, you know, HR professionals, companies, and lawyers who, uh, who, who still who struggle with the ESA. Yeah, and of course, the uh, you know the mom and pop shops are going to get it wrong a lot of the time too because they don't have those resources, right? Yeah, and uh, and, and a lot of the cases, it's I'd say in most of the cases, it's not intentional, um, right. and and you can tell you know Marco's uh, do it sounds like he's doing his best to ensure he is abiding by the mm-hmm. act and uh, you know treating everyone fairly and doing what the employees want, and uh, it's tr- it's tricky. So uh, it comes up a lot of the time with uh, with vacation and, and things like that too. We'll take uh, one short break, our last one. Uh, still some time to get a phone call in here, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. More of the Employment Hour coming till 8 o'clock right here at Talk Radio, AM 640. Yeah, last few minutes here you want to call in. Indeed, employment questions, severance questions, pay questions. This is it right till 8 o'clock. We'll take your questions. Uh, on the other side, there we're talking just general terms of severance and termination. So if a person's compensation changes from year to year, I'm talking, for instance, someone in a sales career. How do they calculate severance then? Yeah, that's always a uh, contentious one when you're uh, negotiating a severance package. Uh, the employer is going to say, uh, you know, pick the uh, number that works best for them, and the employee is going to do the same uh, on their end. Uh, Generally, what courts will do is they'll look at a period of time. So they usually pick either three years. Um, I'd say that's the most common. Sometimes you do five, especially if it's been a longer employment relationship. And uh, just to get a a sense of what the the actual earnings are, the average earnings. Um, Now, the other uh, thing to take into consideration is if the earnings kept trending up, so you know, one year they're at 50, then they go up to 60, then 70. Well, it's not really fair to take into consideration the 50, 60, 70 because it was clearly going up. So right. had they been given, had they continued working there, um, you know, it, it suggests they would have continued to go up or at least earned that 70 mm-hmm. once again. So they would have done it based on that. Yeah. So it really yeah. just depends on the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, depends on the uh, you know what the employee can show, what, the, what their earnings would have been. But uh, like we were uh, saying earlier, it's very important that it's all forms of compensation uh, that are included in that. And a lot of the times, employers will try to get away with just giving the base salary, uh, the base pay, and uh, especially for sales employees, you know, that can be you know, 50, 40 percent of their uh, their income. We'll get to uh, Steve here. Get him in before we uh, wrap up. I've got a few minutes. Steve, how are you? How about how are you? Good. What's your concern? Um, I'm looking to buy a business, and uh, it's an up and running business, so I'm taking it over. Uh, there are employees. It's overemployed, from my opinion. And if um, 
some of these employees may need to be uh, let go, mm-hmm. who would be responsible for the severance, myself or the previous employer? Excellent yeah, question. Yeah, it is, and it uh, comes up a lot. So would you'd be buying the uh, assets of the business or would it be a share purchase? Uh, assets. Assets. So um, any employees that uh, transfer over, um, so the, that become your employee and then you let them go, you're on the hook for the severance pay. Okay. So it's very important to figure that out uh, in terms of who's going to, you know, figure out how many employees you need to keep, right? Do your, look at the numbers, look at the, uh, you know, the, the contracts or the, the people they have employed and figure out who you'd need to keep because that's an important uh, consideration when uh, deciding how much to spend on the business. Because once you take over the business, um, you know, you, and then let's say you let them go a month later or a year later, you have to pay the full severance pay um, and uh, it'll be based on their full service in most cases. Okay. Okay. All right, Steve. And by the way, Steve, moving forward, if you decide to do that and you need to get those uh, severance offers drafted up properly, call uh, David Lee or 1-855-821-5900. Always yeah. a good step because you get some real hot water if you just try to wing it. Yeah, definitely. And he should, uh, Steve should definitely call us just about the uh, the purchase too. Uh, a lot of the times we see what happens is a, com- some, a company will buy you know assets of another company or, or a business and right. you know they've had you know very sound um, you know commercial or corporate law advice but sometimes the employment aspect of it um, is overlooked uh, and they take on all these contracts or, or all these uh, employees who have you know huge uh, you know a lot of lengths a, lo- a lot of service and right. uh, if you let them go, you think you've only employed the person for two years. Meanwhile, they were employed for 25 years previously. You're on the hook for that full severance. Yeah. Should employees be concerned? And I mean, um, I would say probably if not all, the vast majority of uh, severance offers come with a deadline. Should it be uh, a big concern to anybody who's holding one right now or in the future? Yeah. So the, um, I mean, your legal entitlements don't change, um, you know, at Friday at five o'clock. Right. And uh, in most cases, the employer will put a deadline on because, I mean, A, they just, you know, they need to uh, get things moving and decide whether, you know, whether they're going to have to pay you or not, the severance, or whether you're going to challenge it. Um, but uh, in most cases, there is a deadline. It's usually a week. And uh, no, there's no, you know, there's no reason. Um, that's just an arbitrary deadline chosen by the employer. Sometimes it's made to, you know, put some pressure on you to, uh, you know, you know, intimidate you into taking it because they say they'll take it off the table if you don't accept it by then. Right, it'll be less if you take it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but don't, uh, you know, don't rush it. Don't uh, sign it just to meet the deadline. Um, you know, I've negotiated a lot of these severance packages, and, uh, you know, I've uh, never heard of a, an employer saying, oh, you missed the deadline, therefore we're actually pulling it. Like, you can always, um, you know, your entitlements are the same, so uh, you know you can always get that uh, get, get a fair severance package from them. Well, you mentioned the word negotiate there, so I'll go there. Is there ever any risks to trying to negotiate better severance? Is the employee you know going to lose the original offer, or is it going to get diminished, or what? Yeah, so um, you know, technically speaking, after the deadline, if they say the offer is off the table, it's off the table. If you do a counter offer, um, you know, just from a legal perspective, the original offer is off the table; it's no longer right. out there. Um, but again, your legal entitlements don't change. So if you've been offered six months and, you know, at law, you're entitled to 18 months, uh, that doesn't change, uh, at the deadline. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Earl, we'll get to you, Earl. We got, uh, literally about a minute to go. What's the, uh, what's your concern, Earl? My concern is, okay. if you work for an employment agency, yep. uh, you have to leave after about five years, if what are, if or anything you're entitled to. In other words, who pays the severance, the agency or the company you work for? Is that what you're asking? No, no, no. I work with an okay. employment agency. Yeah. I've worked since 2010. 
and I quit like about a year ago. Do I interest or any like like how they pay or something like that? So Earl, you work for an an agency, and they placed you at different employers. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. And and the agency let you go. Um, they would be responsible for the severance pay. If you worked for through an agency for just one employer, it's possible that both would be on the hook. That you actually could be an employer, uh, an employee of the the company you work for. But um, the employment agency is your employer um, first and foremost. So that's who would owe you severance pay. And absolutely, they would owe you severance pay if they let you go. Any more concerns, Earl, you can call this number as we wrap for the night. It's 1-855-821-5900. You haven't tried it yet, check it out, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what your full entitlements are owing, what they should be. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. And, of course, emails 